0: Let's go ahead and stand as we open up in prayer. How's everybody doing? Isn't this great? Man, I'll take this over 150 de- uh, 50 degrees any day of the week. Thank you for being with us online. We're so glad that you've tuned in. Uh, we're excited to to carry on with our series tonight on Standing on the Promises. Uh, how many have a need tonight? You'll just signify by lifting your hand. If you're online tonight, if you'll comment, we want to pray with you as well. Uh, I would remind you, let's continue to pray for Israel. Um, I posted a scripture today that just, uh, I was reading uh, Psalm 83 Uh, on my social media. Psalm 83 kind of describes pretty in detail uh, what's going on. You'd have to go and look at the ancient names of some of the players that are there now, but, uh, but they're there and... You know, one of the things that stuck out is, you know, we look at that that's uh, war, regardless of whether it's the Hamas terrorism in Israel or if it's some other war, it infuriates us when we see people, uh, I don't know about you, but uh, the, the crimes against humanity, those things, it, it just really irritates me. Um, and, and sometimes if I'm not careful, I let my flesh take over and I imagine what I'd like to do to them if I could catch them for hurting innocent people. Am I the only one that does that? Uh, I, I mean, I really do that, and so I had to pray hard. But the thing that stuck out in Psalm 83, verse 16, it talks about how, the God, how that God will, uh, God will basically, my paraphrase, re- repay for the purpose of bringing them to repentance. And, and that was an interesting thing to me. God is, uh, what did Peter say? God's not willing that any perish, but that all come to repentance. And, and he means that. He means it whether you're a a, a terrorist or a serial killer. His desire is that we come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And that may be offensive to people because our sense of justice is a little bit, uh, actually a lot different than his. But anyway, let's pray. Pray for all the ministries on campus tonight and uh, uh, our time of study. Father, tonight we're just grateful, uh, Lord, to be able to come together and, and study your word. Lord, I thank you that... Again, when we woke woke up this morning, you were on the throne. And, and Lord, here we are tonight as we embark on this study. Uh, Lord, you're still on the throne. You're still ordering the events and the affairs of our lives individually, and then you are directing the things of this world. Father, I pray tonight for every hand that went up in the building. Uh, Lord, I pray for every need that uh, is here uh, represented tonight. I pray for those that need healing. Uh, God, we thank you that you are our healer. And that's the end of the story. Uh, Lord, I thank you that, Lord, in you is everything that we need. Lord, in you is every answer to every question that we've ever had. Lord, thank you for healing. Thank you for restoration. Lord, thank you for renewal. Uh, Lord, I pray for those that need finances, Lord, that you would bless them financially. For those that, uh, Lord, are are living in in chaotic things right now, Lord, I pray that you would come once again as the Prince of Peace. Uh, Lord, all the ministries that are happening on campus tonight, Father, I pray that you would take charge, and that God, you would just be magnified and lifted high in each and every one of the ministries. Be with us in our time of study tonight, Father. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We pray for that situation there, Lord. We know long ago you talked about uh, these things, and Lord, you said, "Let not your heart be troubled." Lord, let us not be overwhelmed, but let us pray fervently and diligently, uh, Lord, that uh, people will come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Father, we pray for revival in our land. Let it begin right here with us. Do something among your people, Lord. Let it start right here. Father, we thank you for answering prayer tonight. We lift all of these things up to you uh, tonight, believing that we receive what we ask for because we do ask it in faith. And in Jesus' name, we all said, amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated tonight. Um, Go ahead and turn with me. I can't even talk. Go ahead and turn with me to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4 uh, we're carrying on with our series, standing on the promises. And while you're turning there, a couple of announcements. Don't forget, uh, tomorrow is the is, is our senior lunch, uh, eleven o'clock uh, in the Family Life Center. So uh, come on out, make plans. If you've never joined us for one of the one of these events, uh, I would say come, enjoy the fellowship, enjoy the food. Uh, when they break for food, if you're a, if you're a newbie. If they break for when they break for food, go to the dessert table first because you won't get anything. <laughs> that's usually the way it goes at church potlucks. But uh, anyway, that's going on tomorrow. Uh, don't forget we carry on with our series this week. We're in our series "Foolproof: How Not to Live Your Life as a Fool." I don't know why I got stuck on that song, but every every time I mention the series "Foolproof," I talk about everybody plays a fool sometimes. Ain't no exception to the. I am going to sing that by the end of the series. I'm going to learn it in that R and B voice. And I'm going, No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm just kidding. If you've heard me sing, you would not want it. Um, and anyway, so uh, let's also. You know, we've got food distribution going on next Thursday. That will be here. Uh, and and again, we're gearing up for the holiday season. Um, and I'm, I'm excited about it. I uh, uh, we've got a special. So so. The Whistle Stop Christmas Parade, uh, and I'll go ahead and just seed this with you, is on December the 1st. That is the Cleburne Parade that, uh, that we have, and then it goes all the way down to the park, and they have all the festivities and things at the park. We are this year, once again, providing the uh, snow slide like we did last year, and so there will be opportunities to help uh, with that. Basically, we will be. it's, a, it's an 8- or 10-foot sli- uh, ramp that they come in and they blow snow on it, and people tube down that. Um, and uh, I did it last year with great fear and trembling because at my age, I don't want to break anything. <laughs> uh, I don't like pain. But, no, it was a lot of fun. We, I think we had I, – I, I don't remember the numbers, but it was well over 1,200 people that uh, participated last year. We look to do that again this year. Um, we also have uh, a Christmas production that we're going to be doing Oh, actually, we're not going to be doing it, but we've got uh, an actor that will be in that will be doing our Christmas production. We'll be talking about that as we get into November, and we're excited to have him come back. He's been with us before, and uh, looking forward to that. Anyway, let's get right into our teaching tonight, uh, and if I forgot anything, I'll probably remember halfway through. But tonight, we're talking about standing on the promises, and we're going to be looking at the promise of peace, the promise of peace. How many has how ever been in turmoil before? In your life, again, turmoil comes or chaos comes, and, and it's not necessarily um, from a from from war or things like that. I mean, sometimes we're in chaos uh, in 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 matters of our employment. We can become in chaos with the dynamics of our household, our family. We can have a relational conflict that that causes uh, all types of uh, of topsy turvy existence. Peace is a promise that God gives to us. And so Paul writes in Philippians chapter 4, beginning verse number 6, here's what he he writes. He said, "...be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God." And then notice this, "...and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus." Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. May the Lord add his blessing to his word uh, tonight. So as we look at this promise tonight, let me just start off by asking this question. What are you worried about right now? Now again, you don't have to answer that, but what's worrying you? Again, if you turn on the news, uh, there, there are all kinds of things that would warrant us to become anxious, you know, whether we're talking about potential terrorism uh, from uh, the players in the Middle East, Hamas, Hezbollah, uh, places like uh, ISIS, you know, it's just repackaged, it's always been repackaged, um, or the economy, uh, the inflation, uh, I, mean, I mean, there's just all kinds of things. You've got... Uh, violence and unrest in our own uh, country. You've got indecisiveness in national leaders. Uh, I, I, I say leaders loosely. Uh, again, there, there's issues with family dynamics. There's issues and health issues. You know, everywhere you turn, there's something that warrants us to become anxious about all these things. So what are you worried about right now? Let me, let me just say this. Since 2020, now, listen, worry has been part of humanity. It's an emotion, and it it's something that we've contended with for all of the existence of, of mankind. But since 2020, the 2020 lockdowns, anxiety has grown exponentially in every age group. In fact, I saw an article come through uh, across my feed just uh, yesterday, I believe it was, talking about the level of anxiety on elementary students today. It has, it has shot through the roof uh, and, 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 and I think we would understand that we, people today, uh, have a uh, report feeling stress and isolation, uh, that stems from the, the lockdowns or the shutdowns of, of COVID-19, uh, people worry about their health. Uh, they worry about their employment. They worry about the uncertainty of what's going to happen with their loved ones. In fact, one survey said that 70% of the people, uh, today worry about having enough money to pay their bills. 70 percent. Uh, parents today of school-aged children worry about uh, schools. They worry about the level of education that our children are getting or not getting. They're worried if they're going uh, if, to, if, if, uh, if terrorism will affect their schools or will a pandemic shut them down or will they reopen? Um, how, how The COVID babies that were born during COVID, will they ever catch up academically? Will they ever be at a place where they can produce or or function in society because again all of these things that happen again there's a lot of stuff you know I, I like to make gumbo and and you say what does that have to do with anxiety well so so if you're going to make a true if you're going to make a true Cajun gumbo gumbo is is about throwing everything in the pot you know, a little bit of this 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 I mean you you know I, I mean and, and true cajuns south of I10, in Louisiana, they're gonna they're gonna have fish and shrimp and oysters and crab and 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 uh, 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 and and clams and okra and tomato and onion and just keep adding everything they can think of. Corn, maybe some of corn and sausage and I'm getting hungry. That sounds really good right about now. Uh, <laughs> You know, you just throw everything in. Well, you know, that's that's kind of where we are. There, there, You know, everybody, everything is being thrown at us, thrown into the pot, and it's brewing up a lot of anxiety, a lot of fear, a lot of depression, uh, uncertainty. You know, I can't, I, I don't know about you, but I can't blame anyone for being uncertain and even a bit uneasy with the time in which we live. I mean, no one today knows what to expect. We have no idea. I mean, we go to bed tonight with 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 maybe a little confidence and then we wake up in the morning and something happened overnight and and, and here we are again uh, several years ago there was an organization uh they were uh, health um uh, i can't say their name ben- benedin health it was an organization that was con- that was tapped to do a survey that they wanted to find out what is the most common um sources of worry among people and here's their top 10 number 10 Again, these are the top ten things that most people worry about. Number ten was diet, okay, eating properly. Uh, number nine was job security. Number eight was rent, mortgage, okay, rent uh, and, and mortgage payment. Number seven was credit card debt. Number six was low energy level, which probably comes from number ten, diet. Uh, number five, um, overdraft and loans number four overall fitness health number three lack of savings unsure about financial future Uh, number two growing old and number one overweight so those are the top 10 things that people uh, the majority of people worry about what stands out about this list is that there are two distinctive groups. If you if you were to categorize these ten things, they fall into two groups: health and finances. Think about it. The most thing the 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 top ten things that we worry about: health related and financial issues. That's what's that's what's occupying. These are these are universal concerns. We will uh, again. The truth is, we'll always have health issues. Again, I, you know, and I joke about getting older, but, you know, one of the realities is as I get older, there are things, again, I, I say it all the time, I can't do that I used to be able to do. There, there's energy that I don't have that I used to have, and it, frustrate, it frustrates me. To, anybody know what I'm talking about? It frustrates me to no end. I, I don't like going to doctors, but I, you know, last year or so, I've become very familiar with doctors. I don't like, I don't dislike doctors. That's not what I mean. I just don't like to go, but I have to go. And Somebody the other day said, you're not even 60 yet. You just wait. I'm like, thanks for the encouragement. <laughs> Nothing like having somebody in your corner to root you on, right? <laughs> when you hit 60, it's going down. <laughs> Again, I, the thing is, no matter where we are in life right now or what, at what stage you might be, we never stop worrying about our health and our finances. Never stop. You know, add to this all the uncertainty in our world. And you know what? You have a recipe right there for many, many sleepless nights. You know, one of the things that I do, uh, particularly on Wednesday night, is when I pray. Anybody notice that at the end of my prayer, I pray, I pray that God gives us a sound night's sleep? I started praying that some years ago because, because there are a lot of people that are so overwhelmed with life that they're restless throughout the night. And I pray that God will give us good sleep. Rejuvenating, uh, REM sleep, you know, that deep, that deep, rejuvenating sleep that we all have to have. You know, again, wars and rumors of war, disease and pandemics and droughts and inflation and unrest, and on and on it goes. I mean, no wonder we have trouble sleeping. I would suggest don't turn the news on. My dad always turned the news on right before we went to bed. Of course, my dad watched the news like this. So I guess, I guess it didn't really matter very much. But, uh, you know, most of you know I'm a, I'm a it, obviously, I'm a, I'm a big Alabama football fan. And I enjoy watching college football. And the thing that I can't stand watching, I don't like them having the late game on Saturday night. Because, you know, again, and if you're a football player and you have a team that plays, you don't want a late night game because then you can't sleep. If they won, you know, and, and you're, you're you're just like, and if they lost, then you're depressed. I mean, it's just, no wonder we're so miserable. No wonder we feel so much pressure and we lack focus in our day-to-day walk. Have you ever wondered how much time we spent worrying? You ever thought about that? It, I, I promise you, it's a lot more than you think. In that same survey, they asked people how much time they spent worrying, and here's what they found out. In this survey, it says each week we spend 14 hours Worrying. 14 hours a week worrying, that turns into 744 hours a year of doing nothing but worry, which turns into 45,000 hours of worry over a lifetime, which equals 1,885 days of our life worried, overwhelmed, which is five years. <laughs> Five years of our life worrying. For most people, again, it's not just one thing, but it's many things wrapped up together. It's the job, it's the school, it's the money, work, health, husband, wife, ex-husband, ex-wife, in-laws, outlaws, kids. It's just everything. Any one thing, you know, and and I think it's true, any one thing I think most of us could probably handle on our own but when you get all three when you get three or four things together it really is a recipe for for unrest and it and it and it's it's a tough thing worry here's what worry worry is giving way to anxiety or unease that's what worry is giving way to anxiety or unease it's allowing one one's mind to dwell on difficulties and troubles And again, so what happens is if we're overwhelmed with something in life, when we go to bed at night, you know, our our brains are an incredible machine that God created. And so when you go to bed at night and you close your eyes, and all of a sudden it's like a TV screen on the inside of your head, and you're playing that over and over and over in your mind. That's exactly what he's talking about. You know, the, the, the word worry comes from an old English word that means to strangle or seize by the throat. Isn't that descriptive? to strangle or that's what worry is it's an old english word that means to strangle or seize by the throat that's what worry does it just grabs us around the throat when we're fa- when faced with potential hardships we all experience all types of you know we experience all types of emotional swings as we consider what could go wrong or how bad it could get and that's really what we do. We always think about, oh, no. And we think it's a, on a trajectory to go this bad or, or go wrong this way and how bad. And, and we just become consumed about how, how bad is really bad. A, isn't that how we do it? We think about how bad is really bad. And we play that over and over and over again. A, a simple definition of worry is this, excessive concern over the affairs of life. That's worry. Excessive, that's the word, excessive concern over the affairs of life. Worry happens when we're so full, uh, when we're so concerned about the problems of life that we can't think of anything else. Worry is all-consuming. It's, it's an all-consuming feeling of uncertainty uh, and, and lack of clarity, uncertainty and fear. Worry is a sin for two reasons. Well, I got quiet here. It's a sin for two reasons. <laughs> One, it dethrones God. Worry dethrones God. Now, here's what I mean. When we worry, we're living as though God does not exist. We dethrone him. We're living as as though we alone are in charge of solving life's problems. That's what worry does. And and the second thing, the second reason it's a sin is because it distracts us from the things that really matter in life. Okay? Okay? As long as we're worrying, we can't do anything else. Again, we're seized by the throat and we're strangled because of worry, and we can't do anything else. Worry seems to be the lot for most of us in life, but hear me, as we get into the meat of this teaching tonight, God has given us a promise of peace. I like that. I get people every once in a while say, Pastor, how do you know what God wants you to do? And my answer is this, and it comes comes from our text. Let the peace of God rule in your heart and your mind. If I'm in a quandary as to what to do, a decision, if I need to go right, left, stay straight, stay put, I, I pray and say, God, I, I, you know, and my, my prayer is like, God, I, I don't really know what to do, but I know you do. So help me out. And, and I wait for the peace. And if I don't have peace, then I'm not going to move. Some years ago we had a revival um, Tom, I don't know if you guys were here. That It was a long time ago. We had a guy that was doing a revival for us. Um, it, was, it would have been in 97, so, yeah, you guys were here. Anyway, he came in on a Sunday morning. It was at the height of the Brownsville Revival. Anybody remembers that from Father's Day of 95? It was at the height of the Brownsville Revival. I had gone down there with him in 97. We, we, we came back, and he preached that Sunday morning, Sunday night, just a dynamic move of the Spirit. Monday night had a uh, had another great night. It was just very impromptu because it wasn't even scheduled. Very impromptu, uh, and I really, you know, as we at Sunday night, I thought, you know, this is what this is it. We we need something for our community. This is it. We we said, I said, hey, we're gonna run with this thing. See what God does. Monday night again, great altar time, a great move of the Spirit. Tuesday night, I walk in here on a Tuesday night. We'll never forget it, and I felt totally different. My spirit's troubled on the inside. And to this day, I don't really understand it. I'm I'm troubled on the inside. I introduced this uh, speaker, and back then we had the pews. And so I go right over here while he's preaching, and I lay on the floor. And I'm saying, God, I don't understand. Last night, Sunday morning, Sunday night, tonight's totally different. And the thing I felt the Lord impress on me was shut it down. That's it. Shut it down. So again, that night another good altar call. And so he's standing, again, I won't ever forget it. He's standing here and he's talking. We had the altar call, people have been ministered to, prayed for, and, and he's talking about, he said, Hey, go get your friends, bring your friends. Tomorrow night, we're going to run with this thing. And I tap him on the shoulder and he looks at me and I said, There won't be a tomorrow night. That's that's what I said to him. I said, There won't be a tomorrow night. And he Look like some of you. <laughs> He's like, like a deer in the headlights. He's like, "What do you mean? You, we just announced it." And I said, I'll, "I'll talk to you later." And so, I took the mic and I said, "You know, hadn't God really been? God's been good to us." I said, "We've seen some really, really good things." I said, "But we're gonna tonight's going to be the last night." I said, "Let's walk out and rejoice in what God has done." And there were there were a few that kind of got upset with me. You know, typically. And and so I told him I, 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 we went back to the office and he said, What's happened? And I said, I don't know. I said, but if you notice, I wasn't sitting in the service. I was laying on the floor because I was grieving in my spirit about something. And I said to this, and I said, I don't know what it is. I said, other than the fact that I felt very strongly that I needed to shut this thing down. And so I did. And I had peace about it. I was uncomfortable because, you know, my flesh is saying you're gonna look like an idiot in front of everybody. But my spirit was at peace that I had listened to that voice. And again, I look back, that was an experience. Again, I am I'm, I'm I'm a young guy growing up in, in ministry, uh, learning, but that's where I learned let God's peace be a guide. I'm not fickle, I don't, I don't, I'm not given to sensationalism. I want to be in God's perfect will, and I just, and even to this day I would say. That was the right thing to do. Again, I still don't know. I still don't know. The only thing I ever got was shore up the foundation. That's the only thing I ever uh, discerned from the Lord was shore up the foundation. And here we are, you know, almost 20 uh, some, odd, some odd years later. See, again, God, God has given us the promise of peace. And, and And peace is not the cessation of conflict or hardships. It's that inner calmness that we get when we lean not to our own understanding, but in all of our ways acknowledge him. That's what I'm talking about. It's the, it, again, it's, it's not leaning to what I understand. It's leaning on him. Isaiah 26, one of my favorite scriptures, announced that the Prince of Peace, uh, again, Isaiah said he would be called, one of his names, one of his covenant names is Prince of Peace. Isaiah 26.3 says, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon you. Why? Because he trusts you. See, that's where it is. That's where that peace comes from is when you are at total peace with God. Even when it doesn't make sense, you step out anyway. As Jeff Dove just a few, couple weeks ago preaching about Peter in the boat. You know, it doesn't make sense to put your dangled your feet out of the water over the ocean. But if God says do it, you do it. Worry is a form of idolatry because what we worry about, we elevate that thing in our sight and we diminish God. So, so we, we can, here's the thing. We can worry or we can pray, but we can't do both. We can worry, we can pray, but we can't do both. So our promise tonight, i got to hurry up because I'm telling too many stories. <laughs> our promise tonight comes from Paul's letter to the, to the Philippian church. And here's what he said. Number one, don't be anxious. Look at verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything. King James Version reads, be anxious for nothing. Don't worry about anything. The immediate response that we would all have is, are you kidding me? I mean, seriously, are you kidding me? Do you know what's going on in my life right now? You know, that, that's the way we approach that. When, when Paul, I, so think about it. Where was Paul when he wrote these words? Anybody remember? Remember? He was in a Roman jail. He was in a Roman jail. Not only was he in a Roman jail, he's in a Roman jail chained to Roman guards around the clock. But when he writes this letter, he said, don't be anxious about anything. Really? You, 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 ha- you don't know it. He doesn't complain about his situation. He doesn't complain about being in the innards of the, jun- uh, of the jungle, the jail. <laughs> he doesn't complain about anything and 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 by the way he had a lot to complain about i mean if there was a guy that had a lot to complain about he was he was one he could truthfully he could he had plenty to complain about but he said nothing about his plight in life his future was a dark mystery he didn't know when he when or if he would ever get out of jail he was at the mercy of nero a bloodthirsty dictator but he never mentions the fact in a world that's filled with so much unrest and uncertainty We say, how in the world can we be anxious for nothing? Well, the key, I think, lies in the word nothing. Nothing. It's an exclusive word. We are to worry about nothing because we're to pray about everything. That's it. We're to worry about nothing and pray about everything. See, worry, I'll use a phrase from my favorite football coach, Nick Saban, Worry is rat poison for the Christian life. It weakens our faith. uh, It encourages our fear. It destroys our joy. It increases our doubt. It's rat poison. It accomplishes nothing useful to our spiritual life. Worry makes us think that we can predict the future when God's the only one who knows the future. You know, the Bible says it is God who knows the beginning from the end, and yet when I worry, I'm predicting the future as though I know what's going to take place. And it consumes me. Only God knows what happens tomorrow. It distracts what happens is we get so worked up about things that potentially could happen that it distracts us from the legitimate responsibilities and duties that we have today. And then it leaves us exhausted. Have you ever been so worked up and worried about things that you literally were exhausted? It drained you of your energy. It drained you of your strength. You had no stamina or energy to do anything. That's what worry does. Worst of all, worst of all, worry is contagious. Everybody says yawning. Don't, don't anybody yawn because you'll get me going. <laughs> but worry is contagious. And it, and it spreads like a yawn to everybody in the building. It puts, it puts that question mark where God has put a period. That's what worry does. It's like a rocking chair. You know the old saying? It gives you something to do, but you won't get anywhere. I read this tidbit of information, a little bit of practical philosophy. It said, worms eat you when you're dead. Worries eat you when you're alive. <laughs> kind of gross, but, but you get the point. Paul, so so what is Paul's prescription for worry? Well, he goes on in verse 6. Here's what he said. But in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. That's pre- prescription. So Paul outlines four components that deal with worry. Number one, prayer. Now, this is where most Christians today will turn off. Prayer. Oh, you're going to talk about prayer again, how i got to get up at 4 a.m. and i got to pray for two hours. Uh, That's not what I'm talking about. You know, we listen, We so what we do, we reason that our problems, our issues are of such magnitude that there has to be something more than just prayer. I mean, you mean it's come to that? (laughs) Isn't that our posture? I think we ought to pray about it. You mean it's come to that? (laughs) Well, yeah. You know, you have to remember prayer is not persuading a reluctant God to get involved in our lives. That's not what prayer is. God's not reluctant. In fact, one of the things that I notice in the Bible when you start looking at prayer and what God says about prayer all through the Bible, God doesn't just ask us to pray. God literally begs us to pray. Jeremiah 33, would you call out to me and I'll show you things. Paul said to the Thessalonian church that we should pray without ceasing. All through the Bible, we're, we're admonished to pray, to seek the face of God, to turn to Him in difficult times. You know, notice, uh, notice that Paul tells us that in every situation, you know what that means? It means even the ones we think we can handle, take them to the Lord in prayer. See, when you and I pray, we come face to face with the God of the universe. We come into the presence of the one who spoke and all that is became. The one who, with one spoken word, you know, we talk about, and I know the scripture even talk about when Jesus was on the cross, that he could have spoke a word and, and legions, 10,000 angels would have come to his aid. I've always said, you know, that, that was a possibility he could have. But all, also, since he created it with the word he spoke, he could have also uncreated it the word he spoke. He could have atomized everybody on the spot with just a spoken word, but he did not. When we pray, we come into the presence of, of God. Prayer begins with our desire, not our words. Prayer is to the spiritual life what breathing is to the body. Romans 8, 26 reminds us that even at those times of our life, and we all have those where we are so overwhelmed. He said, even when you get to those places where you cannot pray, he said, all you have to do is groan under the burdens of life, and the Holy Spirit comes, and he prays for us with words that cannot be spoken. The slightest whisper, and I really believe this, the slightest whisper on earth is shouted in the courts of heaven. To that lonely mother who doesn't know where to turn when she says, Jesus, help. Here it may be a whisper of faintness that nobody knows, but it's reverberating in the heavens because he pays attention. He said, don't worry about all these things, but pray. Number two, petition. The second thing is petition. What is petition? Well, a petition is a list that you make when you're desperate in desperate circumstances. It's it's a document that you you fill out, you sign uh, when you when when changes are needed. And in this verse, what it means is literally asking God or begging God for what you need. How many of you have, so, so so you you hear me say this often? I tend I, I pray better for other people than I pray for myself. Anybody relate to that? I tend to pray better for somebody else than I do for myself. I, I don't know what it is. May, you know, I, just, I, I I don't understand it. But, but of all the people that you're, you're to love, you're one of them. I, I mean, seriously. Of all the people that you're to love, you're one of them. Of all the people that you should be praying for, you're one of them. And Paul said, look, don't worry about all these things. Don't be anxious about any of these things. But with prayer, okay, coming into his presence and petition, ask God for what you want. It, 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 kind of, this is the way I look at prayer. If Jesus was standing right here, right now, what would I ask him? What would I ask him? Or imagine the Lord saying, Mike, what do you want me to do for you? I mean, that's what he asked blind Bartimaeus in Mark chapter 10, right? What do you want me to do? God blessed that blind man because he knew what he wanted. He said, Rabbi, I want to see. I want to see. I think you need to go to the Lord in prayer and, and you need to lay it out there Lord, I, want, I need this job. I want this job. I need this whatever. I and mean, whatever. You know, listen, he understands the nature of our heart. If we ask amiss, you know, I, mean, I know the Scripture, and that's where we get tied up because the Bible says that, that we, you know, when we pray, we ask amiss wanting to heap on ourselves the blessing, and, and so we become fearful of asking at all. No, he'll separate that. He'll, he'll work that out. Go ahead and ask. Call him up. Call him up. Tell him what you want. <laughs> Isn't there, that's the song, right? Jesus on the main line tell him what you want. Yep. So anyway, if you need see there we go. If you need a miracle, ask for one. By the way, there's no there's no extra charge for large requests. Prayer, petition, here's the third thing, thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. I'm not talking about turkey day next month. Okay? <laughs> And, and again, this is an area that many of us struggle in. There, there's a, listen, there is tremendous power in an attitude of gratitude, tremendous power. It is the antidote to worry, or the antidote to worry is learning to pray with thanksgiving. It's acknowledging what God's already done. See, I think one of the biggest hindrances today is we have short memories because we get in a pickle today and we start going to God. And, and again, if we're not careful, we start accusing God. But we forget just a month ago, we were in the same spot and he bailed us out. So we pray with thanksgiving. We approach him by remembering the times. Had it, what did the psalmist say? Had it, not been, had it not been for the Lord who was on our side. Remember what he said? We would have gone under. <laughs> I think every one of us here have that story. Had God not intervened, where would we be today? What would we be doing? You know, why, why is it, again, worry and gratitude cannot coexist. Cannot. Worry will drive out your gratitude or gratitude will drive out your worry. But they cannot coexist. So, so how do we increase our gratitude? I call it the gratitude quotient. How do we increase that? Well, I mean, the, t- the study title, our series, is Standing on the Promises. So one way that we increase our gratitude quotient is this. We feed our faith on his promises. That's it. We feed our faith on his promises. And, 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 And again, what does the Bible say? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if I'm going to increase my gratitude quotient and learn how to pray with thanksgiving, then I have to feed myself on his promises. Again, there's going to be conflict between the way I feel and the way faith presents things. The next thing is we need to saturate our lives with worship. Listen, I, to me, I love, I love Sunday worship. I love worshiping anywhere. But listen, there's so, many, there's so many powerful worship songs right now that it covers every genre that there is out there. Just turn it up and worship. You find yourself down in the dumps. You find yourself in a a place where you have the Eeyore syndrome that I talked about on Sunday where you're just down in the mouth or down in the mully grubs. Turn on some worship music because when you start worshiping, it's in his presence there's fullness of joy. There's something transformative about worshiping him. And if I'm going to develop an attitude of gratitude, I've got to get out of the doldrums And I do that either by feeding on the Word, His promises, or worshiping. You know, it's kind of hard to be negative when we're immersed in an atmosphere of worship and praise. Remember, in His presence is fullness of joy. I think another way that we cultivate that attitude of gratitude is is remember. Remember His goodness. Remember His faithfulness. God has always been faithful and good. And He'll not stop. That would deny His character. You know, again, we often have short memories, but, but I'm, I'm sure every one of us here, Denise, all the way here to Tom, we can all say God's been good to me. He's been good to me. No matter how hard life has been for you, God's been good to us. You know, there. Listen, there are plenty of grumpy people in the world, and we have to deal, <laughs> we have to deal with them. But, but, but you don't have to get like that. An ungrateful heart is a cold heart, but a thankful heart is is. A thank but thanksgiving melts the heart of the uh, of the of those icebergs. Ingratitude destroys the joy of the Lord, but thanksgiving brings it back. The fourth thing he said was requests. Now I got to hurry up. Request. Now this is a this right here. So we got prayer, petition, what was the other one? Thanksgiving. Yeah, my mind just I, I lost it. I my some timers. Uh thanksgiving and requests. So what is request? Okay, well it's a it's a broad word that literally covers every situation of life, every situation of life. Request covers prayers that we pray on a daily basis, and, and then it also covers those prayers that we pray in a moment of crisis. How many's ever heard the term arrow prayers? Arrow prayers. Those are the prayers that normal prayers are the prayers that we pray on a daily basis. But then we have those emergency. That's a better word. Emergency prayers. You know, you 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 go to the doctor, or you 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 get called into the boss's office. You know, so from the time you leave your desk to the time you get to the boss's office, you say emergency prayer, <laughs> right? That's what requests. It, it covers all of that. Uh, we shoot them up. It's one of those help <laughs> situations. There, you ever been driving down the road and maybe lost control, and or or maybe not driving down the road, but maybe some situation. Uh, you know where you just you just uttered a prayer, Lord help. That's what requests. It just it covers all of that. See, the Lord invites us to pray about everything. And the thing is there's no detail that is too small for him because he gets he sees the fine print of life. He sees the fine print. If it touches me, it touches him. And and, and again a lot of us have to convince ourselves of that because somehow we feel so unworthy But remember, you're one of his creations. He died for you. And again, of all the people that need to be loved, you need to be one of them. And of all the people you should love, you should love yourself. I know we've we've, we've gone so far the other way, talking about egotism and and all of that stuff. I'm not talking about the arrogance of the proud. I'm talking about just self-respect as a as a fearfully and wonderfully made person in the image of God. That's what I'm talking about. Because had you been the only one, he still would have died for you. He delights in you, and he wants to answer your prayers. If it touches you, if it concerns you, it touches him, it concerns him. Listen, what you and I consider trivial, it's not trivial to him because he cares. I started a little bit earlier, but how many of you remember that song, Jesus on the Main Line? One of my favorite versions is the Gaither Vocal Band. I love hearing them sing it, but the words, I won't sing it, I promise. Jesus on the Main Line, tell him what you want. Here's what the refrain of that song is. Call him up, call him up, tell him what you want. The next verse says, I love this next verse. It says, if you're sick and you want to get well, tell him what you want. If you're feeling down and out, tell him what you want. Jesus on the main line. That's good. I think Paul would have liked that song, right? I really do. I, I, listen, don't wait for things to get better. Don't wait, for you to get, don't wait to get your act together. Go to the Lord in prayer. Approach him. With your needs. Again, we're talking about how to find the peace that surpasses understanding. Again, take your burdens to the Lord. Let Him know what you want. Like I said Sunday, learn to focus on God's will rather than God's won't. That's a big deal. Too many of us are are rationalizing in our mind what God won't do. Quit doing that. Look at what God will do, not what God won't do. And here's the promise, and this is where i got to bring it in, the promise Here's what the promise is, verse 7. He said, if you do this, if if you quit worrying and bring things to the Lord through prayer, petition, thanksgiving, and request, he said, and the peace of God, which transcends or surpasses understanding, what will it do? Guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. When I take my burdens to the Lord, he places our worries He replaces my worries with something greater, peace that doesn't make sense. That's it. Again, that that night so many years ago, questions abound, still do sometimes, but I had a calmness and a peace that this is what I had to do. There have been other instances down through the years in ministry where on the surface I'm like, what in the world? But I've learned that there's a voice And there's a peace. And if that peace is not there, do not pass go. Do not collect $200. You just wait. You know, that word guard, he said that the peace would guard our hearts. That word guard is a military term. And what it refers to is a soldier who stands as a sentinel at the gate. So think about that image there. God says if you will quit worrying about all these things and you pray, you petition and you bring thanksgiving and request, then God will take peace as a sentinel and place him as a guard over your heart. That's powerful. That's the promise. If I do this, this is one of those if-thens. If I do this, then this is what he's promised me. Now, if I don't do that, then I can't tap into the promise, right? You know, God brings peace as a sentinel to stand at the door of our heart. And and again, we can't define this peace because the Bible says it surpasses understanding. It's incomprehensible when you tap into the peace that God gives. But it will never be ours if we're anxious about everything that happens in life. It transcends understanding because it comes from heaven to a believing heart. Here's the promise I gotta, I'm going to wrap this up. I've I, I got more to say, but I can't. The, the thing when it comes to pe- the peace of God, there's no secret. You know today, I, I get so frustrated sometimes at Christian book, distributor not, not CBD per se, but Christian books and things that are out there, because they' everybody's wanting to sell a book by tapping into this desire for a secret formula. You know, the silver bullet there's no secret. There's, God's not hidden anything in code language. It's not, it's not for the super intelligent intellectual person to discover and then sell a bunch of books to, to us that, who don't understand. That's not it at all. God is not aloof and he's not played in hide and seek and he's not, he's, he's not coded things so that we can't understand. There's no secret to his peace other than be anxious for nothing, but through prayer, petition, thanksgiving, and request. Then the peace of God. So let me ask you again. What are you worried about? Are you anxious? Are you, feel, are you fearful? Well, if you are, God, God offers peace. And it's not peace sometime in the future. It's peace that's available right now. I've told you the peace. I, I still walk in that peace that God gave me in 2012. I won't ever forget it. It, it. It's one of those things that, you know, have you ever had those encounters with God that you just absolutely will not forget those encounters? When I sit there in that hospital room and, I've, and I release my wife to the Lord and said, Lord, she doesn't belong to me. She's yours. You can have her. I just ask you to help me get through. That peace washed over me. And it's never left, and it's as real as I'm standing here. It's real as it's feeling that coolness run, run down into my esophagus, into my gut, and it's still there today. I don't. I, I didn't have to wait for it. It was an immediate response to a broken-hearted man. Are you worried and you anxious about many things? That's what he told Martha. Remember, Martha, Martha, you worried about so much. The word he used there was, Martha, you are, and and, and, and again, remember the, the root word of worry, it means to have around the neck, strangle. He said, Martha, you are encumbered by many things, but Mary has chosen the greater. See, that's our options tonight. Charles Tinley wrote these famous words back in the late 1800s early 1900s he he wrote he said if the world from you withholds if if the world from you withholds of its silver and its gold and you have to get along with meager fare just remember in his word how he feeds the little bird take your burden to the lord and leave it there leave it there leave it there just take your burden to the lord oh and leave it there if you trust him through your doubt he will surely bring you out take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. Isn't that a great reminder? The problem is we may often take our burdens to the Lord, but guess what? We don't leave them there. We don't leave them there. We come down with them. We you know, we bring them in, we take them out. Put to find that peace we got to learn how and, and and listen and what i'm saying i know you're sitting there thinking yeah a whole lot easier said than done well duh of course it is but train yourself bring remember i, I did this on sunday i preached it. bring every thought into captivity you know when uh, you you've heard my testimony before how i used to have such a really foul mouth before I got into ministry, and the Lord just challenged me, said, "You can't do that. I won't use you if you if you don't clean up your uh, your mouth." Here, here's what I did because you know habits a habit, right? Habits are very difficult to break, and so what I did was every morning I got up and I just began to pray. And I, today, uh, so here's my prayer. This is a prayer I've re- I've prayed for years. I would get up in the morning and say, "Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight." Now there are things I prayed, but that was the bulk. Of it about my language. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable, pleasing to you. I prayed that every single day. I don't know how long. And one day it dawned on me, I had not talked like I used to talk. I didn't say things like I used to say. And you've heard me say this before. Both my children grew up in a household that never heard their dad say a cuss word. Never. Because I decided I wanted to be different. What I'm saying is that, you know, we can sit here and say, well, it's easy for you to say, cast your burdens on the Lord and, you know, leave it there. No, it's not. But what I'm saying is every day when I wake up, I get a choice. I can either shoulder my burdens or I can give them to the Lord. Say, Lord, today today I'm going to release my husband, my wife, my children, my job situation, my health issues. Today, Lord, it's more than what I can bear. I'm going to give it to you and I ask you to help me to walk in your joy and your peace. And you know what? If you find yourself during the day reverting back to carrying it yourself, stop. That's your emergency. Stop right there and throw up an emergency prayer. Help, Lord. I said it this morning, but I've already fallen. Help me. You do that every single day, over and over and over again. You remind yourself of the faithfulness of God and his promise to give you peace. And somewhere along the way, you'll tap into something that you've never experienced before. All of a sudden, circumstances may never change, but there'll be an abundance of joy on the inside that you can't explain. That's the promise. Would you stand with me? Listen, as I close tonight. All is not well in our world. I understand that. We're facing tough economic times, war looms on the horizon, health issues abound, political unrest. I mean, everywhere. It's in times like this that we have to anchor in something that is better than tomorrow's newscast. I need to anchor in that which is eternal. Pieces available to every one of us. Don't you bow with me as we close in prayer. And if you're online, if you'll comment, or if you'll just make a comment, we'll want to pray with you as well. Maybe here tonight and you say, Pastor, you know what I am? I'm a worrier. <laughs> I'll be the first one to admit I, I'm worried. I get, I, I get so flustered and frustrated and overwhelmed. Well, if that, that describes you. You're carrying things God never intended for you to carry. And, and, and now it's time to just take it to the Lord and leave it there. And you may have to leave it there every moment of day, every day, but you just remind yourself over and over and over again, God, you promised me peace. I'm calling out to you. If you're here tonight or if you're online tonight, say, so you know what, Pastor, pray for me tonight. I, I struggle with worrying about so many different things, and I, I want to tap into that peace tonight. If that's you, just slip in right, right back down, and we're going to pray. Amen. If you're online, if you'll comment, I want to pray with you as well. Father, tonight, thank you so much for your promise. Lord, this is a doozy. Lord, because there's so many things that worry us, so many things that cause us to be uptight and anxious. But, Lord, your word is don't be anxious for anything but in everything to pray. So, Lord, help us to change that posture of our heart, that mindset that we have Lord, help us to learn what it is to release those burdens to you. Lord, it's not going to be an easy thing because, Lord, we are creatures of habit. And, Lord, habitually we worry. Habitually we are anxious about many things. But, Lord, tonight, Lord, I pray for those that raise their hand and those that are online tonight. Lord, I pray that tonight we draw the line in the sand and say, you know what? I'm going to stop this. I'm tired of the roller coaster. I'm tired of the up and down. I'm going to give it all to you. And every day I'm going to walk with that consciousness and that awareness that I've given my burdens to you, and I'm going to rely on your peace to guard my heart and to order my steps. Lord, that's what I pray tonight for each and every one of us here. May we tap into what you've already provided. And I pray that the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard our hearts and our minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, Father, I pray you'll go with us tonight, give us a wonderful restful night. Lord, may we sleep soundly in you. May we wake up refreshed and rejuvenated in the morning with a spring in our step and a song in our heart, Lord, as we go about our way, shining the love, love and light of Jesus. I bless each one now in Jesus' mighty name. And we all said, amen. amen. Thanks for being with us online. I look forward to seeing you next time. God bless you, and I love you very much.